My name is Allison. I am a compulsive overeater and a bulimic. Um, so interesting. I don't want to be on speaker view because I'm just staring at myself, so I'm not going to do that. Um, so I like that it's kind of small today. It's kind of nice and intimate. There's like 12 of us, and I know sometimes it can be like 20 or 25 or 30. And normally I actually like the ego of like speaking to a full room and having like an impact but there's something nice about it being just a little bit more intimate at this moment with everything going on um it just kind of feels like gentleness like a little bit less um so in the format of what it was like what happened and what it's like now i've been in program um august will be 13 years and a couple weeks ago i celebrated 12 years of abstinence um so for me, um, I also have a binging and purging anniversary. I had some interesting, I had not binged and purged when I first started program. Um, and then I kind of overate a little bit. Like it, it didn't feel like moderate portions. So my abstinence for a while was honesty and mostly weight and measured food, which I've had kind of waxed and waned with how much I abide by that. But for today, I measure my breakfast. If it's something that could be tricky, um, I either let it, when in doubt, leave it out, or I, I measure it. Um, but like one day at a time, I just kind of keep coming back. Um, I came, for most of you who've heard my story many times, I came from a family of compulsive overeaters. My dad, unfortunately, passed away as a result of this disease um, when I was 22. And there's stories of my grandmother eating whatever she wanted because she had diabetes. She would fast before the doctor's appointment. And also my mom, who I love and adore, um, whenever she gets really nervous and super uncomfortable, she will force herself to throw up. So in the, the books, it often talks about like, it doesn't matter if we were born with this or if we got it. I, I was born with it and I got it. Like I didn't really have a chance based on my family of upbringing. I come from people who we eat. And when I feel discomfort for so many years, for decades, I ate extra and then when I learned how to from a TV special I removed food from my body so um, I developed my eating disorder around 11 or 12 when I also kind of hit puberty and my mother had breast cancer and my grandfather was told he had six months to live so there was a lot of stuff um, and my occasional afternoon snack instead of it being one individual package of something became a giant box because the price difference wasn't that much and I learned I could eat a lot of food and when I ate I felt numb and it made the pain kind of go away like it almost gave me like a food fog and throughout high school I babysat and like would eat the sleeves of food that those nice girls sell every so often when I babysat or I would comfort myself by for not going to parties and having a boyfriend and all of these things in my mind I told myself I wasn't doing so I could go to college and get a degree and do all of these things but really it was kind of just a story because I didn't want to be in the world um and there was always this fear of like if you did have a boyfriend then you might be sexually active and then you get pregnant and then you never, you never graduate college and it's just it's all kind of stories it's these things that I'm told that I I think are meant to help me but they end up being just really powerful and really strong and they're not always reality. Um, so I went to college, I, um, oh actually, I know this is kind of weird because we're not in person, but I have photos so I can kind of briefly, easily share. Um, so actually in 
college, so I need to see if I can get that to line up. Um, my highest weight was like 210 or 215 pounds. Um, and this is when I did Outward Bound backpacking when I was like 17. Um, and you know, I, I wasn't super happy. And um, I continued to do my food behaviors and I knew I had a problem and I would leave messages for um, the student help. Like I would call the counseling at like one in the morning and leave messages saying, hey, I need help. But they're not actually allowed to call you back. And during the daytime, I didn't have a problem. It was always kind of in the evening because I hadn't really eaten much or I just wanted more. Um, and I just continued that cycle of behavior with food. Uh, after graduating college, I took a job selling cars and had an inappropriate kind of relationship, if you can call it that, with my like married boss, who's only a few years older, who took advantage. And I knew I had a problem. And I joined um, a support group, and my therapist actually had told me about OA, and she ended up, was a member. And I didn't want to do it yet. I went to my first meeting when I was 15. My dad took me. He, I, I still have his um, for today. So he was an OA member who did not really get recovery. I think he, I have one of his notebooks. He only worked like step one. Um, but when I sold all my stuff and moved out to California because I was doing a geographic, I, it only took about a week or two before I was throwing up in the toilet in the apartment I was in. And there happened to, thank goodness, be a meeting about four blocks away on Sunday night that I went to. And I came and I sat in a room and I, I learned how to cry, if that makes sense, or I learned how to feel my feelings. Um, because I'd never, support groups are always, how can I tell the best story? How can I have the greatest impact? How can it be about me, me, me? How can I win? Not that support groups are a thing that you win, but in my mind they were. And program was all about how we can be together. You know, we admitted we were powerless over food. That's not just me. And the idea of actually admitting something meant I had to have honesty. And I was never consciously dishonest, but I actually was never really honest with myself or others. I always have a difficulty being entirely honest. And now, you know, 13 years into program almost, I now am almost, not always say too honest, but like I need to lean into honesty because my default is like, mm, that wasn't true or that wasn't right. Or like the apartment was only six blocks from the meeting, not four. Like it doesn't, it doesn't matter how many blocks, but like those little, like, mm, I guess that's close enough. And then I want to cover up more things or have more, um, I want to make myself seem the best. I want to impress you. I want to impress other people because there's so much fear that I'm not okay. That me as I am, if I don't remember your birthday or I don't send you thoughtful cards or I don't say something funny, you're not going to want to be with me. You're not going to like me. You're not going to want to, you're not going to want to spend time with me because I don't have value because there, I just felt so overlooked growing up because my mom was in her own workaholism. My dad was in his, his disease. My brother was undiagnosed for autism or, um, he's on the spectrum and all of these things, I just kind of felt lost. So the idea of, I have to be so much extra to just be okay with other people or the ideas that my body had to be so like, if I'm look like Cindy Crawford or if I'm skinny or if I can wear a bikini or if my body size is so small or so cute or my hair can be normal or any of these things that I naturally am not able to do, 
then maybe I will be close to perfection. And people who are perfect have no problems and no discomfort and they're happy all the time. Which is just not real. It's not real. You know, so I tried to push it all aside and tried to think, well, I'm going to suffer now, but later on, I'm going to get what I need. And that was basically what I did with food. I would suffer mentally, and then later on, I'd get the food reward. And I moved out here, and I tried doing the program. I got a sponsor temporarily, and I, you know, my first Halloween, I was like, oh, no, I'm so drunk, so I could binge and perch. Like, I was looking for a way out, and I went to a meeting um, and my, my then sponsor was sharing and afterwards I went up to her and was like, oh my God, would you sponsor me? And I called her and it was okay, except I wasn't really doing the steps. I said I was doing step four and she asked me what question I was on and I was like, I don't know. And she's like, okay, don't lie to me. Don't lie to me. Like, this is all about you. Like, I don't get anything out of this if you're not being honest with me or with yourself. And I started working a program and I started going to meetings. I did... 90 meetings in 90 days. Um, I went to Unity Day that year in January, and I went basically seven months straight. The last month was, like, spiteful. I was like, I'm going to prove how I can do a meeting every day for, like, the longest time ever. Which, like, the reason you go to a meeting a day is not to prove it to other people. It's for yourself, so you can actually go to meetings and get what meetings have to offer. Um, that was beyond me. But my, sometimes our character defects can help us in that way, like keeping us strong and keeping us coming back. But by going to those meetings, I saw people's faces and I had willingness to like do service because I was afraid you had to do service perfectly. Um, and I learned how to show up and I did a fourth step and I told my sponsor all of the horrible, creepy, crawly, gross things I thought I would never tell another person. They, I one time made, um, you know, those frozen pizzas. I made it in a frying pan at home when I was like either seven or nine. And I burnt it and I was so embarrassed. I like hid it in this bag under the sink and like no one ever knew about it and I threw it away. And that like stayed with me for like 20 years. Like I'm sure my parents didn't really care or if they noticed like they made up told me. But like in my mind I was like the worst human being ever because I was doing these things. I stole money or stole candy or you know I misused my discount. I did all of these things. And when I told this other person she was like okay thanks for telling me. Like it was not the earth shattering thing of like. I wasn't going to be dragged off by the police or like put in a mental institution for all the things I'd done. She was like, okay, thank you for sharing that with me. Or I have similar experience with that. Like when I was, I want to say either nine or 11, like I stole my brother's playboys and I was so embarrassed and my mom wrote me a letter at camp. And I remember not being able to handle it. And like this idea of I'm the only person to ever do this, you know? And like, I've had sponsees share things with me and I'm like, oh, okay, I've got that. I've got that. It's like this cool checklist of like, oh, I'm not sure if that's why higher power gave me these things or these things happened or this person's in my life. But like when I have these things, it's like I have it so I can help share the message with others so that they realize that they are not alone because loneliness is really what this disease is all about is like, there's no point. It's never going to get better. No one else can ever get you. And this whole idea of we, we are, we are admitting we are powerless. I cannot win. There are certain food items I cannot win. If I am in a, a ring with them, they're kicking my ass, pardon my friends. Like, they are going to beat me up. I can't do certain things, so for today I don't. Because I am powerless over food. And my life became unmanageable that I couldn't handle things. You know? Sorry, there's a crazy person on the street, which I'm powerless over. Like, it's amazing, actually, that I can't. I can be powerless over my mom, my dad who's gone, my husband, people on the street coronavirus, COVID, 
my job. There's so much stuff that is not mine for today. I don't have to have the answer. I don't need to manage it. I have moths right now. I'm powerless over moths. Like they're going to do what they're going to do. They're going to make more of them and they'll be here and I smack them and they're going to be there. That doesn't mean I can't do footwork, but I am powerless over what has happened. I didn't cause it. I didn't create it. I can't cure it. And like this program is all about just showing up just like for today. How can I be honest? How can I eat my food? And what I love doing personally, I make batch food. Like when I measure out breakfast, I measure out seven days of breakfast. So that way every morning I don't have to think because I'm such a procrastinator and I don't want to do it. So if I do it all at once, it's the same measuring cups anyway. It's the same food. I do it. I have a routine. I go to certain meetings. I have home meetings. I have people I see and I care about and I reach out to. I'm honest. I have a sponsor I talk to every day and we're working the big book. Um, I have sponsees I talk to. I do writing imperfectly. I'm trying to, I've been trying to do it almost every day during COVID just so I can have a journal to keep track of what's going on and to help me with my resentments. Um, for the past couple of weeks, I've been meditating every day, which has been really strange because for so long I didn't want to. Like I didn't want to be a person who meditated. I didn't think I needed it. And I don't know. For today, I'm just trying it. And tomorrow, if I don't do it, that's okay. Um, other things that kind of work for me, I try to go to bed at a reasonable hour. Um, try not to be up past like 11, 11.30. I try to make sure dinner is over at a reasonable time. I don't need to be eating after 9 p.m. for me. Um, I try to have self-care, you know, and for me, sometimes that means being aware of when am I getting my period? Am I taking care of myself? Do I have what I need? Because for so often, I didn't want to have body needs. So I would just ignore them. I didn't want to brush my teeth. I didn't want to wipe parts of my body. I didn't want to think about this, so I didn't. And I'm not sure if part of me was looking to make an impact on others, but like for today, I want to be a person who's showing up in the world and is kind and loving to my husband. I don't want to have have, have him have to deal with that. And it's also self-care for myself. Um, and something else, higher power was totally in charge of my romantic life. I joined this program not knowing how to be a woman in the world. And I learned how to like not date someone for a while. That was kind of amazing. Having time not putting myself out there so I could take care of myself and then dating one date at a time. Cause as soon as I met someone, I'm like, where's this going to go? What's going to happen? What's the next thing? And like literally one date at a time, just do I want to see you one more time? Yes or no. And then also checking in, what did I want to do romantically? Like I needed, I wanted to have boundaries because I didn't trust myself. And for today I've been with my husband. It'll be seven years in October, which is absurd to me. Um, but like one day at a time, I'm trapped in this apartment with this other person who I like almost all the time. We spend 22 hours a day together, other than sponsee calls and meetings, you know, when we're in the bathroom. But like, I like him. I need a program to help me be a person in the world because I can't eat the way he does. We have like three containers of ice cream in our freezer right now. I'm a person where ice cream never survived a night in the house. He could have one spoonful and then be like, okay, I'm done. Or like part of a cookie and then leave it behind. Like I've never, I don't want to say I've never met a person who's like that. I could never be a person who doesn't finish the thing in front of me. I have difficulty. If there's a portion, I want to finish it. But that's like for today, I need a higher power who can help me. Um, so I just wanted to name that I appreciate all of us being here and taking the time for our recovery.